Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan, and a very warm welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by Rollercoaster.ie. In this season, I will sit down and chat to 16 pretty interesting people to discuss pregnancy, parenting, and everything in between. On this week's episode, I sit down with actor and producer Natalie Britton. Natalie is a mum of two and has recently made the move from LA to Dublin. Natalie discusses pregnancy loss in detail on this episode. And if you are affected, please seek the help that you need. Today's podcast, I have Natalie Britton. Um, I will introduce her formally in a second. But the funny thing about us, well, it's not that funny because it's of the moment or of the day, is that Natalie and I met on Instagram. We did, yeah. And there was three of us that kind of met, myself, Dominique, and you and I met because we had Babas in 2021 on the same ward in the same hospital on and in and around the same day. Yeah, Cu- couple of days. Uh, August 19th is yeah, my Yeah, 18th is Simone. Yeah, and I think she was the 18th as well. And we had all spoken about stuff that had ha- occurred to us to get to that point. And I just thought it was such a connection that'll always be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether we see each other, and like this is how we're seeing each other now because we haven't seen each other in ages. Um, but we'll always have that connection. And it was really sweet because I was like, why am I following this inspirational, incredible woman? And we just formed this connection. And then we would chat all the time on Matt Leave about how you were, you know, and I'll formally uh, intro you, but you were working as an actress, an actor, um, trying to get back on your feet in that whilst on Matt Leave and recovering from, you know, giving birth. And I was on this kind of extended leave and really just, you know, trying to embrace that. And we were in two very different places and we'd have these incredible chats and then he came out to visit me. So Natalie is an actor. You will know her from every show at the moment. Like you said, so many things. Give us a taste of what you've just done recently. So what have I done? So I did uh, Maxine, which um, was a Channel 5 show that aired on RTE a couple of months ago about Maxine Carr about Maxine yeah, Carr and Ian Huntley so brilliant um, very dark tough show but important yeah um, and then I've just filmed uh, Quantum Leap the mm. new Quantum Leap because you know when something is good they just remake it absolutely so I grew up on that show when I was little um, so that was very fun shot that over in the States and I have just wrapped on a big show for HBO but wow. I can't talk about it oh God, because of NDA I know I hate you're that you're such an SGP I can't talk about the next series that's so br- Natalie's the kind of person you're like I know I know her <laughs> and it's a, it's a compliment but I know I know her I know her face but I can't and then you I remember looking at your show and going that's how I know her you know from Curb Your Enthusiasm or for that ad on TV that was huge at the time or so you are this great success story but you're also you also have so many other levels um and layers to you. So we'll get into all of that in a second. But you're married to Rob, who's from New York. Yes, from New York, Manhattan. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And Rob had his own interesting background. And then you guys lived and met in L.A. Yes, we met in L.A. in a bar, um, just like the movies. <laughs> uh, he, We were out one night and I walked into a bar, saw him, thought, hmm, think I need to know that guy walked up tapped him on the shoulder yes I'd had a few drinks and said do you have a girlfriend and he laughed and said no and uh, that was that and Rob is about six foot eight <laughs> he's extremely six foot five, tall is he very yeah, tall yes Natalie is like 
redhead, huge blue eyes. Um, you'll see in, in some of the pics for promo and, and little like and, and I just think you're so gas. Like and I see you with the kids, like when you put up videos and pictures, I'm like, that is funny. But it's silly of me. But it is you're just so sweet. Oh, thanks. And you hit I don't it know off. if I've ever been called sweet before, Rebecca, but I'll take well, it. I'll take it. I'll probably change my mind by the end. But you hit it off. Yeah. It was an instant connection. It was an instant connection. And I and I feel like that's happened in my life a few times. You know, I've I've met friends that way where I feel drawn to them like my my instinct or my gut or something just says hey this person should be in your life and you know chat with them and and yeah I think that there's a lot to be said for that and you were both sexy so it helped (laughs) back then back then yes maybe yeah we're talking 12 years ago so so. you were there working you'd left the south county Dublin the suburbs of Dublin to go off and and what so I left Ireland when I was 22 Wow. um so I did the whole like go to business school went to DCU to get you know a nice degree yeah so I did a business degree in DCU for four years and I spent my entire time in the drama sock okay yeah so when I graduated uh I think I I it was maybe three weeks before I was auditioning at drama schools and by September I was over in London doing uh an acting you know this makes sense to me now though because you'll say no but I well actually maybe you won't um but your business acumen, the way you are about your work and your future and your families, you're quite business focused, I would think. And I am absolutely the opposite of that. And I've noticed it in our conversations. I'm like, God, she's so savvy about all this stuff. No, no, we're grown adults, but still. So that's interesting. You did that as actually your. your yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a big part of it was me growing up and doing drama and, and loving it. But then also um, I had a single mom who had. And I say mom in the American way, but a single mom, you know, who, who raised uh, myself and my brother and she worked and had her own business. And I, I, I grew up around that, you know, and sort of learning how the whole nine to five works and seeing the graft and all that and, and kind of decided, oh, God, I don't know if that's you know, the life for me, I don't think I want to be self-employed and then went straight into being an actor, which is the most self-employed thing you can do. Um, so, yeah, I trained in London for three years um, lived and worked there for a few years after that and then went straight from London to L.A. Um, and I, you know, I, I'd Why never... Why London? Just to go and... Well, that's um, where drama school was. Just to hone the craft and kind of... Yeah, okay, okay. that was you where I got... Like I auditioned at or... one place, got a got a pl- place. They offered me like a scholarship, wow. which sounds more impressive than it is, but basically like they're called dadas or they were at the time and they gave out a certain number of them. Okay. And, you know, it was like 11 or 12 grand sterling a year. So it was Ooh. a case of if I didn't get it, I couldn't go. So um, I had wanted to do a one year... I had wanted to do a one year course, but uh, they offered me the three year. And so anyway, that's that. And and then went off to L.A., bypassed Ireland. So never. So why, but why didn't you stay in London? Why were you like L.A., L.A.? Like, what is it in you? It wasn't, you know, to be honest, I thought I, I would have gone to New York. I did a showcase there. An opportunity, really. I, I did a film back in London and it had a premiere out in L.A. And a friend had, had said he was going out there for a couple of months. And I, I've always been like this, where I take an opportunity. Like if someone says, hey, do you want to do this? If my instant reaction is, yeah, I'll kind of find a way to do it. And so in that moment, I thought, yeah, actually, why not go to L.A. for three months, um, you know, on the visa, the tourist visa and see what what happens. And so, you know, sent out loads of emails to managers and agents. Hey, I'm an Irish actress. You don't know me at all. But would you like to meet? And had a few meetings. And the next thing I knew, I was in a lawyer's office getting set up for a visa, calling my mom, saying, 
I think I'm moving to LA, calling the boyfriend, breaking up. Like it was, yeah, it was a huge shift. Do you shift. think your mom has a lot or is it your dad? I know he's in Spain, isn't mm-hmm, he? Mm-hmm. Do you think your mom has a lot to do with this, um, the passion inside of you, the yearning to kind of see and do everything? Or is it nothing to do with anything to do with genetics or your family? It's so hard, you? isn't it? Like, because they say you, you're born and you have, you know, your personality yeah. within you. But obviously there are some things genetically that are passed down and things you pick up on like I was talking about earlier about watching my mum my mum definitely has a drive Mm. and um and she loves to work she's retired now but that would be in in her and I think for me I always have been very driven and always want to be doing more and striving and not really and I guess this can be a good thing and a bad thing but not not settling and not you know, there's always the next thing and always what else could I be doing and how could I turn this into something else? And is it a discontent? Like, do you feel you have to keep, you know, I watch you and I feel I get all like luxury. I'm like, now, Natalie, you I know, need to rest, mind yourself. And rest. we don't know what that actually means. Mind no, yourself, because like no. that's just doesn't it's horseshit. Yeah, but it's like you need to. And you're like, what is and I sorry, in another way, I'm kind of similar, but probably not as extreme because I'm planted here. I don't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to travel um, with with my particular role. But you are very. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a real combination of things. I think when I was younger, um, my parents split up very young and I would have always been quite a strong character. And then that label <laughs> was put on me from a, from quite a young age, you know, um, you know, that's really strong. That's really strong. You know, she'll be fine. She'll be grand. And so I, I kind of stepped into that and I was like, oh, that's what everybody thinks wow. of me. And I forged on, you know, whether it was sports or academics mm-hmm. or whatever, it was like, this is kind of what people expect mm-hmm. of me. And I only really realized that through a lot of therapy recently, you yeah. know, where you're where you're going, oh, hold on a second, like was that me or was that what people thought of me and that suited it? Um, uh, and we so- spoke about labelling on an, on one of another of the podcasts um, for this series and how labelling could actually be quite empowering mm. because you either mm. go against the label mm. or you embrace it, like you said, or it's really disempowering. And I definitely remember having labels as a kid and by no fault, I think it was that generation where it was mm. like, she's the joker, she's exactly. the funny one. Uh, and people, people don't realise it can know. be quite harming and you know when your aunties and your uncles and your friends parents are you know kind of saying and you're hearing it you start believing it and it's not that there wasn't an element of truth but then I suddenly felt like oh I have all these people that mm, are expecting, expecting a lot mm, from me and there's yeah. expectations and then that made me have high expectations and I do have high expectations that I don't I don't think is a bad thing sometimes but I would have high standards and you can't always meet them uh, you just can't but I always strive for it and so there is a part of it that's that's in me and yeah. I think maybe has been pushed a mm. little bit too much but I am I am a very driven person and I think I always will be and I find it hard. I will sometimes crave stillness and then I sit in it and after a few days, like for for example, at the moment, I'm being this the stay at home uh, parent, whereas my husband had been for a while while I was working a lot. And now with the with the strike in Hollywood, everything is kind of shut down production wise. So I know for the next few months, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going over to L.A. Um, And so I'm going to be here. And I have had now one and a half weeks, maybe two weeks of this being at home with the kids. And I love my kids, but I also 
um, craving to get this, out. This should be work. the title of, of actually the series. I, I love, love my, my kids, kids but, but I crave to get the hell away from my kids. Like that is it. Like that's it in a nutshell. We don't even have to talk about anything else. Yeah. I have a constant, you know, my quandary is constantly, I want to be at home, you know, making cake and being there for mm. every collection and making sure I'm feeding it. But then I know when I do it for a certain amount of days or when I did do it, I also need to fulfill my own stuff and Absolutely. I've got my own identity and they don't actually need me that much and it's yeah. all a little bit of a... Or someone said, what did they say? And then when I am at home, I just scream. <laughs> yeah, scream a lot. Uh, so so it's that that search for this balance, right? The enigma, the, oh, what is balance? And, and, and I think balance is different for everyone and, you know, what will be your friend's or your cousin's balance or your mother's balance isn't yours and sometimes you don't know what that is until you've you've been in it for a few years and my, my son is five and my the daughter is, yeah. yeah. Five and one. Yeah, my daughter is, yeah, 21 months now or something. I don't know. People ask me and I just say she's two in August because, you know, second kid syndrome. Um, but I, I've only now kind of realized where my sweet spot is, yeah. you know, and I think it's it's finding that for yourself and knowing and not being ashamed because people will, oh, you should this and you should oh, that. Listen, and everyone has you know, an opinion. On everyone your life. has an opinion or the judgment or if maybe if they're not ju- judging, you feel like they're judging. Um, and so for me, I really the, the truth of it is that I think my sweet spot is, you know, 65 percent work yeah 35 yeah. percent kids yeah. and if i could spend my day with that ratio I, I think that that's where i'm like the best version of myself and the best parent yeah. that i can be although but i don't get to choose that right and i've chosen a career that uh it's the one career that no matter how hard you work you're not guaranteed yeah. anything right and maybe there is a reason why i chose that career back then if we want to like think about it when i was younger you know um I'm interested in many things. It's the unknown and it's and it's really like you just don't know month to month, week to week what's what's on. And and so day to day, I'll either be working really, really hard and kind of away from away from the kids for three weeks or four weeks on on lying eyes, shooting all day for 14 hours. Yeah. Or I'll be with the kids knee deep in poo and just screaming for my husband to come home. And the irony kind of is that he would much rather be at home. So funny. Yeah, we've had this. He wants to be a stay at home dad. Like that is if you could. And you could never say that 30 years ago. Never. Even if you wanted oh, it's to. His, it's like, he's like magic winner. Magic wand. This is what I want to do above wow. anything else. And yeah. I see it because this man was born to be a dad. And some people are. Some and people some are. people are born to, to be, be moms. Par- they absolutely. Be... Uh, Full time, you know. But it's it's where, it's what he'd love to do. And I, I kind of, you know, and so we were sitting chatting the other day going, okay, let's put it out in the universe because he's now out at work and he works three days a week. Um, and I'm at home and I'm going and we're both looking at each other going, I want what you have. Uh, and, you know, it, it's also a, fa- a case that we've been in Ireland only a couple of years. We, we came back here during during COVID and we're trying to figure out the, the landscape and the plan here. Uh, and, and you don't get to just step into what you want. You, it takes a little while. So and then, you know, throw the two kids in and but try. But then even when you get the what you want. Mm. You're still not like, mm. you know, I feel like in, in many ways your life is, you know, if you compare your, your success story in your life regarding your career and if I compare it to my life, but then maybe I have the more settled life because I've been here longer. So I've got the home mm-hmm. and stuff, but then you still want the this, the that. So I don't even know when you 
know exactly where you want to be and you settle whether that'll still be because I think that's the like that is maybe who we are and that's okay too like I, I put a cheesy clip up I'm kind of like I'm adverse to the whole like you know women can do but there was this documentary I happened on on Netflix which was that Oprah and Michelle chat about yeah. the light we carry or something and I'm not really feeling that and I wanted to watch something grittier and then it kind of started and I was like oh this is going to be very sycophantic and, and then I kind of enjoyed Michelle Obama's I thought it was going to be all like preachy and we're a multi multi gazillionaires but we're going to tell you ordinary people in the <laughs> audience how to pair I was just like I don't need this in my life today and I was having a bad day and actually Michelle Obama was like I hated Brack for 10 years which you know we don't need her to be negative to like mm. her but it, I loved the authenticity absolutely the and honesty, talking about yeah. the, the the way her kids are so different mm. and this and how she struggled with and then she said like you just can't you can have it all mm. and I was like oh, have it all and she's like but just not at the same time right and I kept going well I don't know if that's true because I know people who have it all at the same time and I was like oh yeah they're miserable so I, I kind of I would listen to that like a few times in my head I was like you absolutely can have it all you mm. can have the great sexy relationship with your husband and that's going great but then something else falls to shit and you can have the kids if you really want to do that through whatever means mm. be it IVF or, like we can all make it it's just really hard and you can have the career, but then something else. So you can have it all, just never at the same time. And maybe that's okay. And I think I just had to keep, you know, listening to that. Um, but I don't know. Do you agree with that? I, I do. I think what's hard is that we don't have the crystal ball. <laughs> and so we don't know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And we don't know. And and that's why people are always saying, well, look back and remember that bad thing that happened. Look what, and, you know, and I think as we get older, we see that and we get wiser. And I think also we go through tough, tough things that make us more resilient and that make us appreciate things more. And you just, you shift and you change as much as people don't like to say, you know, that they that they've changed a lot. I think that we we are at our core who we are and then there's always growth and I I look back on me 10 years ago and me now and I have changed hugely. Uh I'm still at my core the same person, but you you therefore change your perspective on things and sometimes things that were really important just aren't anymore and, and do you grieve that person a bit. No, a, li a little because mm. I just feel I suppose as well, it's hard to know whether you're just grieving your youth, <laughs> you know, and the energy that we, we used to have. But I, I, I much prefer who I am now. Wow. Um, I'm more comfortable in who I am. I'm more confident. I do think that happens, especially with women. Once we hit a certain age, uh, there's something about turning 40. And well, see, I think because I'm just on the periphery of that, mm. I'm in a complete funk about what I want Maybe. and what I. So I don't think I'm there yet. Mm. And I just feel really sad for the life. I And so I definitely think I'm going through. But I think I'll come through the other side because everyone has told me you get into 40 and it's just a much calmer yeah, zone. yeah. I think also standing back and going, hold on, like if I look at my life as if, you know, this was a friend I was looking at, mm. you know, or it makes it nearly easier. And sometimes I do have to do that and go like, look how far you've come. Look what you've gone gone through. Look, you're still standing. You've done this like you've chosen a career that's really hard and it's been it's been up and down and moving back to Ireland you know, no, it's a country where it's very small and everyone knows everyone. And I came back and didn't really understand that until I tried to forge a career here. And um, and that's been a challenge that was that was unexpected. But also that was my choice. Right. I, I kind of I, I left and I went to the drama school that took me and then I went to L.A. just to travel. I've always traveled and 
you know, one thing led to another and suddenly I'm there 12 years and then I have kids and we're back in Ireland and wanting to raise them here. And Talk meet. to me about Rob and the kids actually for a yeah. second. Sorry to interrupt. Talk to me about, so you marry in LA, this gorgeous yeah. man. You did marry uh, there. No, we um we married in Kennedy Castle. In oh, you married here? here. Yeah, yeah. So, Went back to live your lives there. Yeah. Did you get a high, you were settled there? You were... Yeah, renting. Did you, know? you love, did you love your lives there? I loved... I loved a big part of it. I mean, when we were dating and we were engaged and married and then uh, there's so much to be said for LA. Like it is the hub and there's a lot of work there. The weather is amazing. Uh, You can do a lot um, and you meet your people. It took me a while that my first year there was really hard because you get you get there's, you know, LA, the rumors are true. You know, people tell you what you want to hear and there's an awful lot of BS and you kind of have to figure that out. And when you come from Ireland where, you know, people say something and you believe them and then you're over there and you're going, oh, but you said let's meet for coffee at two oh, o'clock and I'm I here. And then why am I sitting on my own? Have I just been stood up? What's going on? I would you know? be there sitting um, waiting. And it's like, oh no, we didn't confirm. It's like, oh shit, okay. And <laughs> um, you know, there's an, awful, there's an awful lot of, you know, bailing last minute and people, and that's the industry, unfortunately. It's like, there's always things happening and people, and so for someone who's coming out there and being, you know, I, I would have my feet on the ground. I'd be quite like, you know, a sensible person, but it took me up in a whirlwind and... Uh, and I went out I didn't know anybody when I went out there so it was really hard and then I found my people one by one and I was like I'll have you I'll have you and then you just kind of you build your your you know your group and and that's what I did over the years and I lo- I, I did enjoy it and I think it's a city that you can enjoy at any walk at any point in life but um we had never decided that we were going to move back to Ireland. In fact, when we thought, when we when we even talked about it, we were like, no, like, come on, never. And my mum would have said, I never thought that you'd move back here. But we came back during COVID for a visit because it was so bad in the States at the time. It was just really heightened. Just there were loads of cases. We just came back to, Ar- to Ireland. We had a return flight. We came back for three and a half weeks. And then... You uh, had Oakley, who's your five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, we had him. He was two and a half at the time. He was born in America? Born in LA, yeah. And you were not pregnant? No, well, I was pregnant, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was... Because pr- I, uh, so, so I af- was in so, your... No, no, no. So after Oakley, um, o- after Oakley was born, he was about eight months and we were, we decided let's go again and have another kid so that uh, we can bang them out. They'll be best buds. I'll be able to get back to work. And that was the plan. <laughs> and then we... Lost that uh, pregnancy at um, maybe uh, seven or eight weeks and geared up, tried again, lost that one at 10 weeks, geared up, tried again, lost that pregnancy at 14 weeks. That was a pretty hard loss because at that point um, we had really thought that we were over the hump. It was a very, very tough, um, it was a very tough loss because it was, it was, um, we got the results back and people who, people who, um, have been through this and pregnancy know that you get this, um, test done at 12 months in the States. It's called the NIPT. I don't know it's what like it's called harmony. here. Right. And 12 we, weeks. we got the results at uh, 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah. We got the results back from that. And the doctor was like, I'm so sorry, but there's chromosomal issues. There's heart defects pr- present. There's all this stuff. And I, I remember falling to the floor 
and being like, no, no, not no. And just just weeping and calling my mom and not, you know, and then you have to go through all these other tests. And the doctor, of course, is like, well, you have a choice to make, you know, and they call it um, they call it termination for medical reasons, uh, TFMR, and is to this day one of the hardest decisions we've ever had to go through. Um, we kept going back in for monitoring and it was getting worse and worse. And uh, we sat down and we, we went through all the decisions um, and the implications. And and then the day before we went in uh, we, for the termination, the um, we did an ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. So in some ways it was a, it was a relief, but I remember feeling like very conflicted about that because I was sitting there willing, wa- wanting the pregnancy to work so much and yet w- willing the baby that I was carrying to 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 free themselves. And so I, I, I wouldn't have to do it, um, which ultimately happened, but the ending was the same. And so um I know that so many couples uh, go through this and it's really, really hard. And so I went into a very dark place for a few months. I'm and so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. It's, you know, it pains it, me to hear it, you in pain because it's a very um, like you've said, loads of people go through it. But absolutely, it hurts when you know the person. And I know you have been through stuff, but that I didn't know about that in particular. That's really tough. Yeah, it was it was very very hard uh, and it brings up a lot of things it's a, I think it's a very difficult conversation that you have with a partner because I don't think many people sit down before they get married or or during their relationship and say hey what are your views on this what would happen if oh, because they don't even want to put it out there okay. you know and it's not it's not that it's a bad thing everyone will it's have a really awful conversation it, well people you know nobody wants to be in a situation where you're having to decide um something so huge and you don't know necessarily what other people's views are on it uh, and so we once we were told that the pregnancy they were like you won't even make it to term and if you do the baby will be born you know stillborn or um and won't last uh it'll and you'll be and you'll put yourself in complications there was a lot of things um that we had to take into account it uh you know, it kind of colored our our decision, but everybody's situation is so different and so complex and there are all different, you know, there's a wide spectrum. So I, I, I feel for everybody, I joined this secret Facebook group, um, that somebody suggested to me and it got me through it to be perfectly honest. Um, I used to like just click in there and scroll and scroll because all I'd want to see is somebody who, who'd been through exactly what I'd been through, but I needed them to be two months ahead, three months ahead, a year ahead, and to know that they're okay, that they got through it. Because I could, I, I, I just didn't know how physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it, I was going to handle it. And with the previous losses, they had hit me, but I had kind of just picked myself up and said, okay, you know what, this happens. You know, miscarriage is really common. And I found straight away that by sharing and talking about it, it was the p- one positive that actually I, I, I got from such an awful situation uh, through be, talking about it, then other people would come back and talk to me about it. And, and I so, think pregnancy loss, I've discovered, is kind of an obsessive, I don't know whether you would agree, there's an obsessiveness mm. um, 
like you were talking about finding a forum that wasn't Rob mm. or your mom or friends. Like it wasn't those people. It was just random people. Random right? people. And I remember with me, it was buying pregnancy tests because one day we might get pregnant again. Mm-hmm. So I'll have them at home. Mm-hmm. And Jason just being like, why are you mm-hmm. buying boxes of pregnancy tests? Mm-hmm. You've just had lots. It's just, that's yeah. weird. And yeah. I was like, yeah, but I'll need them for when... And then I know people who become obsessed with people's pregnancy announcements Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, you know, and there's hope in that. Yeah. And it's kind of masochistic as well. Like it's this thing like I don't want, you know, you're you're going, God, I really care about this person and they're my really good friend, but they've just announced they're pregnant and that's really complicated for me. And I need some time away. And I remember having to say to some of my very close friends, like, I can't come to your baby shower because as much as I love you, it is killing me. And I don't think there's anything like I've had people say, something really selfish you mm. should be happy for everyone all this kind mm. of you, we should all embrace other people's joy and it sounds like you're jealous no I am I do not want your baby it is not about that it is the trickiness of navigating meeting a newborn or watching a woman growing a baby mm. when you know you're having so and many it's understanding that we can feel like there's a lot we can of- we can feel multiple emotions at the same time we can be happy for someone and still be sad for ourselves and it's not about being just je- meeting new babies and still bleeding after pre- and yeah. just finding that so complex i think i i will always i think that that's the damage that it's done to me no matter how much healing um i've gone through that still people who when i when i see people who just get pregnant really easily it's it's a big kind of you know without overusing that trigger word but it is like it's like ooh, it takes me all the way back to like oh that's i'm so happy for you and it's great that you can just bang them out Mm -hmm. like that but like i've been through hell so to have two humans so to get back on on that um baby train so that was our third loss and then uh did you go to therapy I did go to therapy. I found it really hard in the States to find someone um, fertility specialist wise, um, which has kind of been the motivating factor for me wanting to start my own fertility yes. coaching she business. She likes to do a lot of things at the one um, time. Which she's just I, completed a course. She's, this woman doesn't stop doing things. It's no, very- but I, I think it's very needed here. And since living in Ireland, I've just sort of noticed the the fact that the industry here is so is no you're well, just not busy enough you're not, actually no. just not busy enough <laughs> but it's a passion project right it's something that I really care about plus unfortunately I've learned so much about pregnancy loss and IVF and, and surgeries and all of that stuff that I feel like I'm already so involved in that community on Instagram and it's something that I feel um that I want to it's a space I want to work in and so um yeah watch watch that space um but anyway I did one so we had one more pregnancy um and that was the pregnancy which when I landed in Ireland I think I was about 10 weeks and went into Hollis Street for that ultrasound check and there was no heartbeat there and I just yeah that was the end that was like I can't do this anymore I can't put my body yeah there was and again it was it was abnormal chromosomes and so for me I just thought what is going on this is like four in a row but yet we'd had my son naturally um you know you know my son 
absolute miracle child. We still don't know how, how he, so he how came he landed. Yeah, he came. Yeah, yeah. And is this a secondary infertility thing? It, it is. Okay. And and you know, we um, when we looked into it, the doctors were kind of like, "Wow, between the two of you," because Rob would have his issues and I would have mine. Like I found out I only had one fallopian tube. Ah, right, but like sister, two and a half. We're so hot. <laughs> two and a half years <laughs> down, down into trying to have a baby and going like this whole time I've been ovulating on my left. I know. You know, it's thinking hot. this will be the this will be the cycle and going nothing's I'm coming out of there. I'm on my right. Maybe we could just twin, <laughs> bring our bodies together. But you, you know, you, you unfortunately learn and get so educated about things you don't know about because <laughs> there is no education uh, around At this all. stuff. Um, and so at that point I said if we're going to do this again and I really I knew with my son that I could get pregnant and I could carry a pregnancy so I thought okay what I'll you know let's give IVF a shot and if we can do that and we can test the embryos and we can go that route um let's let's go but I can't I can't try this naturally again and so that was when I started researching it and it's so cost prohibitive in the states I mean it's like 35 grand oh yeah 35 grand for a psych for for around like yeah yeah, with the testing that you need done, and then grand. and then here that's a deposit it, for a, that's yeah, insane. yeah, and imagine the people who do multiple oh, rounds. Like it's it's a business, and I, I think this is that. kind of the problem. I thought it was more affordable there because they do it so much. It's like no, no, tried and tested. You know, in Ireland we're so new to all so this. Ireland is new. They don't offer any um, free cycles or anything, unfortunately yet. Um, but it is it's about five grand for okay. a round, but. Then you need, if you want to do the testing, which we wanted to do, it was going to rack up to be about 12. So then that was where I found Prague, um, which I will scream about um, and shout about and tell everybody I can about because it is just, um, I, I think, the the golden hub of, of fertility. And um, they've been, they're, a, they're a kind of a pioneer of fertility treatment and um and it's really regulated and it's really affordable. So our cycle cost two and a half thousand euro and each embryo test was like uh 300 euro an embryo so it was so affordable flew over there flew back um and thankfully we got um we got two embryos which we uh we put one in and got my daughter and so we that was kind of what made us stay on here because you know I was pregnant and I didn't want to do anything risky and move back so you know we fast forward and the baby arrives and at that point we'd both started to pick up a bit of work here and my you might the baby arrives discuss this divine (laughs) goddess of your that your child she's exact same age as Simone and she's just the cutest talk to me about her she's uh so she's a little red-headed firecracker uh, she's most beautiful hair. She's the boss of of the house, uh, which is really funny. Like to see the dynamic. I'm sure you have a similar thing where you're watching these little personalities and you uh, kind Simone's of really the CEO. We're yeah. all just literally her in her life. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Kazaya is very much that and bosses bosses my son around um, in a wonderful way. And she's she's great. So so my husband, um, I don't know, you mentioned. So he's uh, he's black, and so he has this like you know afro hair hair. and she's she's got this like red really tight curls and she's she's brilliant she's got um she's got a lot of me she's got a lot of rob's personality too and and we're just so great names though oakley and kaziah great names thanks Mm. thanks yeah you either go i mean we were either going to go real traditional or (laughs) something different but we didn't want to go down that like you know, apple, <laughs> apple root. So it's like, let's, let's stick with names. And, uh, and Oakley, yeah, Oakley came 
again, I think I heard somebody who who had that um, a kid and I, I stored it away and Kaziah was the same. I had met someone like back in my life whose name was Kaziah and just stored it, you know, yeah, yeah, the way yeah. you do. Yeah. And then it's so hard to land on a name yeah. because there's so many associations. So the fact the two of us liked them. Now we waited, we had a couple of names and we waited until we met them um, to see the energy and stuff that they came out with. But no, they're great kids and um, and I'm very, I'm, I just, I, I feel very, very lucky. So, you know, yeah, I've been through, you know, a bit of a journey to, to have her. And then, and then most recently, uh, we had, we had one other embryo. And so we had been going back and forth. Will we, will we have another? Are we mad to even be thinking about it? Because we're both living this freelance life and we don't know what we're doing and we're coming and we're going and life is crazy. And what are we thinking about bringing another baby in? But then, I love the kids so much. And as I said, my husband's such a great dad. I thought, why not? Like it'll, I think it was one of those things where I knew I would always regret it if we didn't try it. But if we did it and it worked, I certainly wouldn't regret it. And if we did it and it didn't work, I wouldn't regret it. So that was ultimately the decision. And so I went over to Prague um, maybe a couple of months, no, three months ago, maybe um, mid I, I'm a producer as well, so I was producing a, a short film down for Screen Ireland in Cork and drove through the night, got on a Just plane. everything. Went out to Prague, spread my legs. They shot the other embryo into me, <laughs> ran back to the airport via Frankfurt, got back. And then I think I had one day with the kids and went off to L.A. So, you know, we, we didn't know what to expect from it. Uh and then, yeah, got pregnant and we're, we were like, oh, my God, it's happening. Um, uh, fast forward six weeks and unfortunately had a miscarriage. So that's it for us. We're done. I'm done. My body is done. And so now I, I get. Are you, you definitely know, done? I'm definitely done. Yeah, because I presume your eggs, you could. I could I mean, maybe explain to me you could go over and do. I could do another retrieval uh, and go through that whole process again. But it was very taxing on my body. The pregnancies uh, wreck you in one way. And I've had seven pregnancies in five years. Um, but the the IVF <laughs> or is sorry, it, the pregnancies in the last beast. The, the, the IVF is a different beast, Everyone you know, that, yeah. um, I all those hormones and it, it changes your body and it sends you cuckoo bananas. Uh, and it's just it's it's a lot. And so I had gone through I've gone through so many surgeries. You know, I had to have fibroids removed. I had to have laparoscopies, hysteroscopies, myomectomies. I've had like 13 different uterine surgeries. My body is so wrecked so for me now I'm like okay this is a new chapter I have two amazing kids I've done everything I I could do and now it's time to just kind of not have my body be a vessel for someone else or something else like very sad I was a bit sad because it it was so definitive I knew and we had had that conversation we were like it's this or nothing okay it's this one or nothing we have the one left um and we wouldn't naturally conceive again because I can't go back to that trauma and that and my husband is even more so sometimes I'd say oh maybe and he'd say I can't there's no way like there's no way the risk and just with knowing what we know about our our situation so it's just no so that's it and it's been it's been closure in one way and uh, and now I kind of feel like this new chapter where I can just focus on myself and so much of my identity has been wrapped up in trying to get pregnant and either I'm pregnant or I'm recovering from a loss or I'm gearing up to go again and that's been my life for six years it's such an intense it's, toll on your marriage even like yeah no which, matter how great friend like 
I think we both have husbands who are pretty mm. supportive and chill and mm. kind and like they've all the good stuff but it's still draining when that is a constant conversation and all you're told in school is don't get pregnant don't get pregnant it'll ruin your life if you yeah. have sex run away from yeah. that so easy after. to get pregnant you know what I mean like it's so easy or you use con- and then you're in relationships in your 20s and you're like the fear of God like I'm just starting my career I want to travel I do not want to go yeah. and then you hit your 30s and you know I still know people now who don't have their babies and they're still doing IVF and they're and you hit your 30s and you're like oh, I might think about it it'll probably just take two seconds and then when it doesn't or it does but you lose them it's just I don't know it's something we need in yeah. our curriculum it's well the messaging awful. when the messaging is and for boys oh, too you'll get, and for and guys bo- too guys too yeah when the messaging is oh it's so easy to get you're gonna get pregnant you're gonna get pregnant and then you don't then suddenly it's well what is there something wrong with me am I fake and because there's not that much now we're talking about it a, a little bit more well it's not a sexy, sexy subject but it is it's like guys sperm being tested as well as women and you always think it's the woman and they're like no your sperm count is really bad yeah. and and you don't nobody wants to talk about that around the dinner table because that's demasculating him or erectile dysfunction like nobody wants to talk about that and yet stuff. when Why you do they? you kind of find oh hold on Whoever a second you're not alone <laughs> you know and it is really common and I, I heard some statistic the other day about sperm being like the lowest the count that it has been in years and there's a from lot stress, to, is it? there's a lot yeah. uh, they're studying it at the moment but like you know it's not a guarantee and and to know that it's common and it's normal and there's nothing wrong with you like I didn't know from Instagram and your fab cork show and your things in America that you were traveling to Prague getting you know that happened kind of da, da, da. Y- you know you wouldn't know while I was working that like Jay and I were probably having to do things at certain times of the month because and the stress and the wait the two week wait and the nobody knows nobody talks about it it's yeah, not exciting because you don't say hi this is what's going on in my life we just yeah. I'm hoping you just do it but yeah. it's a whole like extra kind of load that yes. you're carrying that yeah. people don't know about and that I think really helps when People do talk about it because there are so many couples uh, and people going through this. And it's very, very important to know that you're not alone and this happens and there should be more education around it. And that uh, and the people come out the other side. OK, and thank you. <laughs> thank you for like, you know, I'm mad about you and I wanted you. I mean, I've chased you like I'm a stalker for this. And then you couldn't and I couldn't. And like I was like, if you don't and you're like, oh, well, if you didn't come on this, I would have been heartbroken because it was so important that to have you in this. But thank you for sharing intimate. Like, look, I know that you are an open book and you're great at sharing things, but it is also an intimate conversation with someone. Thank you for telling us because it actually only helps others. But it also hopefully will, when you listen back, be a kind of therapy for yourself. But I just wanted to say, like, how are you and Rob now? How are you and the kids? Like, do you feel like you're in a lovely sync with? I think there's a lovely there's a lovely feeling of two. There's a nice. Yeah completion actually yeah for sure and it's it's a lot of work like you're kept busy all the time um we're good you know our our marriage has somehow when I think about it and you talk and I say it out loud and I listen but we do thankfully we do have a very strong marriage and I think that it's all down to communication I think that he has a very high emotional IQ which helps (laughs) and you know he is a big communicator and so we, we chat a lot about things so things don't really build up and through this he was very open and supportive and he got help as well. So he chatted to friends about it and through all the ups and downs and that really, really helped. Um, So we're, you know, we're good. Uh, He's adjusting to Irish life. Um, Is he happy? He is happy here. 
Yeah, the kids are a big part of his life. And um, and, I, and now that he started this new job, which he really likes, he's working in advertising and it's something he's always wanted to yeah. to do. So he's, he's going to be so good at that. He's pre- he's, it's a really good fit. I'm really happy for him, which, you know, I think there's a guilt sometimes when you when you make someone move to a country you know your country and you're like I really hope this works out and then you know make some friends and get a job and fit in and yeah. you know I, I he's quite fun to watch on Instagram his name and that's Rob Mitchell is it or that's that, Rob Mitchell like yeah. he when he's parenting solo like and that goes away like it's he's great to watch he's he's such a energetic dad and I hate doing the whole he's a great dad because like stop like they yeah. should be great dads. they should be great dads, but he yeah, is yeah. fantastic and like also quirky and I'd say advertising will suit him to the ground but I also love that he also just kind of wants to be with the kids and um, how do you parent hmm. and then I will wrap this up I feel like I'm dragging the <laughs> we parent uh so we both were quite laid back parents which surprised me because I thought I would be quite uh quite quite stressed when the you know when the baby arrived I thought oh god you know uh, I don't know what I'm doing etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know he's quite a laid back person and we um we're we're pretty chill when it comes to to parenting people will like we're the kind of parents where when the kid falls down you know everyone else will go you, <gasps> you just go to the cafe and, and we're like oh get get up you know he's grand um stop looking for stop, attention stop look yeah it's all attention um but i surprised myself with how with how relaxed and laid back i i i am as a parent i think that um the biggest thing that i learned was there's so many books out there and there's it's such a money racket and you know i think that that's because it's a very vulnerable time and you know people can prey a lot on new parents and parents and oh you should be doing this and learn this and this technique and that's technique and actually look we've been doing this for years haven't we and like you have everything in you in your instincts to know what to do and how to parent the child's the children that you have well, this is this is a gorgeous point the like i you, they're not all cookie cutouts of each other I talk about the two humans I have now they're the most different children I was so different to my sisters so were they to me and we try and like why don't you like this why don't you and we try and do that and it's so dangerous and I spend most of my week having and in any of my downtime in the gym or on walks voice memoing other moms going to do and and sometimes my husband just goes but you know this Mm -hmm. And an and overload, exactly, himself? an and overload of information that you can get from so many opinions. Exactly, and he says, "I think you handled that beautifully. Mm-hmm. You gave her a hug. You told her it's grand. Or who cares? And you told her what you know. You didn't fill her with like more days. You didn't make her more anxious. You didn't give her the right idea. You actually let her decide. And ultimately, you kept saying, "But when you come home, we love you. So it doesn't really." And he's like, "If we keep doing that, which I don't think was done as much in it generations wasn't, before, because people, us. I don't think people trusted themselves enough." Uh, and I think that that's really what it is to trust that you know how yeah. that that your kid will tell you yeah. um, what what they need and that, you know, it's not everything's going to be OK. Like, just do the right thing. Like, you know, you know, you know, you're, as long as you do what you think is best and you raise them that way. Uh, you know, everybody's in a different situation. Everyone's in a different circumstance. People have so many different things going on in their lives and and different setups and scenarios and whether people, you know. So I just think that it's it's a case of being a team. And definitely for us, we tend to agree and align on many things, um, including how we parent. And then the things that we might have a strong feeling about really whoever feels stronger wins out in that situation so if my husband is I really don't think we should do this I'm like no 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 
I think we should. And he, he'll sit me down and say, I really, really don't. I feel very strongly about this. Please let me have this one. I'll say, OK, fair enough. And so that's, you know, if ever there's a, a disagreement of sorts, it's kind of like whoever really feels the strongest. And then the other person sits back. So, you know, we're, we're I feel like we're doing a good job. They're, you know, they're alive and they're they're happy kids, which is the most important thing. And I think about that like they've moved. My son in particular has had maybe eight different homes in five years because we've bounced around so much and you know here with the rental crisis and stuff and I would have thought always oh stability give them a roof over their head all these things that we were taught I'm looking at my kid who is just he's learning how to adapt <laughs> you know this is me probably putting a spin on it but he, he's not no, bothered and at stability all is you and actually Rob, yeah. the stability is oh hey my parents love me they're there for me and you know there's there's boundaries and there's consequences and all those things. So we're very much like, you know, I know there's all this hoop love, you know, modern parenting. Oh. But, but we are very much of that, like, hey, if you do something oh, now. Cons- sorry, I think we're turning the key on that that um, child centric. I think there was definitely this kind of this being about a 10, 15 years of people trying to over over complicate like mm-hmm. feelings. And I think it's important mm-hmm. we listen to our children. Mm. But I think we're now coming back to that traditional sense of there's a consequence for yeah. smacking your yeah. sister with the thing. Over Absolutely. Her head, or there's a consequence for behaving like that. And and I do think that's like res- like discipline. We had discipline boundaries. You don't get everything you want. If that happens, you follow through. Like Jason, mm-hmm. you say to me, that's an empty threat like Absolutely. you're saying you won't be getting and then he's like yeah. give her the ice cream that's completely do that one more time and we're leaving the playground she understands <laughs> in, in, in work she can do that and then she'll so no yeah Listen. no and, and direct consequences totally. as well like something happens now so what can we do now rather yeah. than later on you're oh, not getting totally. your because you that doesn't and so we're learning that these things and then you see it actually work and you're going okay cool you know but a, yeah a big part of it is taking what worked for you what didn't work for you and you know a little bit of this a little bit of that and uh, adjusting to the kids that you have because every you know you're going to have shy kids you're going to have boisterous kids and you can't some things will work on some and some will work on the other but consistency I think is is a huge thing and being on the same team so that's what we try to do every day and then you know on the days where it falls to absolute shit we go okay we'll start again and tomorrow. you open a bottle of wine <laughs> Natty Britton without being creepy I love watching you that sounds creepy but I love watching you I love the content that you're putting out there I love the fact that you're living your best life with your acting but you're also doing this other stuff with life coaching and perhaps even this fertility story here I think you're a fantastic role model for women and I've loved getting to know you so thanks for coming on the pod Thank you, Rebecca. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. And if you did, it would be wonderful if you could subscribe to the podcast.